Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James. And today we're talking about one couple's Lorcana experience at the UK Gaming Expo. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we chatted with Travis from Kingslayer Games, and today we are joined by an amazing couple, Gavin and Sara, who actually worked the Lorcana table at the UK Game Expo. Hey guys, how are you today? Oh yeah, good, Hi. thank you. All right, so as as you can tell by the accents, they are not from America where we are right now, <laughs> but they did work the UK Games Expo. And we've been trying to set this up for like a month, but of course, with the eight-hour time difference, it's a little difficult. Uh, but now that we have you here, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and then what you were up to at the UK Games Expo? Sure. So uh, I'm Gavin Jones. This is my wife, Sarah Jane. Hello. And so we have been working uh, for Ravensburg over here in the UK for probably about four or five years yeah, now. Four or five, I think. And uh, so it's not a full-time job. It's just something we do for fun and a little bit of money. Um, and we help them out on their sort of in-person events, like the the game UK Games Expo is the main one. There's a couple of other smaller shows that are a bit like that. I do the Toy Fair in January. Yeah. That's a trade, trade event there. And sometimes, Sarah, you do the kind of uh, in-store demos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I go in-store for Ravensburg as well to show them different products to a, a wider audience yeah so we we're mainly sort of on the board games kind of side of things and so we're, we're I'm, I'm a i'm a very keen uh board gamer if you sort of panned around our living room here you'd see uh rather too many, too many okay too many <laughs> sure too many games <laughs> that's a problem a lot of us have yeah <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, because uh, what, what, what you say, how we got into this? So. Yeah, so I've been a, like a content creator and a blogger since um, had my first child about thirteen years ago. So I'd been working in the, like, the toy industry predominantly, and I met a lovely one of the lovely PRs I'd met said to me one one of the conferences, "Hey, do you know a lot about board games?" And I was like, "Well, funny you should ask that." <laughs> so, and uh, we fell into it then. They invited us along to. I think it was the first UK Games Expo they'd done, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was I None think of us really 2019, we yeah. 2018, something like that. It was the first one that Ravensburg and the UK had done for a long time. They weren't really sort of into going to these um, sort of, you know, conventions and conferences. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't really have a, a great knowledge of what it was all about or what to do. And so we were quite handy for them, I think, because yeah. we were like, right, this is how you do it. You've got to let people play the games. Uh, here's, how, here's how you sort it out. And that was actually the show that um, Disney Villainous, Villainous yeah. was was sort of first released in the UK for. And so that was, you know, right up our street, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely. So we're both Disney fans and we brought a little bit of Disney magic yes. uh, to the proceedings. With our Disney tent with us, yeah. a big, uh, big marquee that we played Villainous in. It was a bit like a fortune teller's tent. 
and uh, we had a lot of people in there with Aladdin's lamp. And it was, uh, I think, it was really surprised Ravensburger how popular it was at the time, and uh, we weren't shocked, were we? No, no, I think we we <laughs> thought it would do well as a good game, and so yeah, so basically we've just been supporting them ever since, doing these kind of in person events, you know, yeah, four or five times a year or a bit more, yeah, really, and yeah, and so. Uh, this year, you know, we, we've been sort of following a little bit about Lorcana online and so pretty excited about that as we knew it could be a really big thing. We'd had it at Toy Fair and we'd had like a, a non-disclosure area where trades, you know, various people from the trade would come in. So we had like Harrods visit and Disney would come in and visit. And it was a very secluded like in room inside a room. And it was basically like you were blindfolded and put into the room because you couldn't say anything to anybody. And we were all terrified the whole time that someone would leak something. And there were all these non-disclosure forms flying around. Um, it was it was brilliant. It was when you I could tell from the, the buzz that it was going to be something like really well, special. Like people were desperate to get onto the stand. I remember that toy fair back in January because we all like there's a Lorcana HQ Discord server that a lot of us are a part of. And I think about half of us were watching the live stream, waiting to see if Lorcana was going to be featured. Because at this point, we hadn't really gotten a lot of information about Lorcana. So, I mean, uh, and then I personally, just like I did with you guys after the UK Game Expo, and this actually leads perfectly into the next question. Uh, I DM'd just about everybody who mentioned that they were <laughs> had seen Lorcana <laughs> at the Toy Fair. And there's, there was one gentleman, uh, CJ Agate. I don't know if you guys know him. He was an editor for Tabletop Magazine, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. the one thing he said, this is like the biggest tidbit that we got, is, is he said, I can unequivoc, I can in an NDA way say that Lorcan is going to be a huge hit. And then, like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. After the UK Game Expo, uh, I did DM you guys. Um, you had a chance to go hands-on with Lorcana. Um, I was going to ask you, had you heard about Lorcana before the Game Expo? Sounds like you had, but what, what's kind of your background with Lorcana? Well, it's sort of interesting. Ravensburger in the UK, uh, they, they're sort of a bit more of a distributor in a way because they tend to take the products from Germany and from the US where they get designed and 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 sort of uh you know brought to life um but that's so they're not usually making their own new products themselves um so i always keep a, a keen eye on the sort of ravensburger us kind of side of things oh, i spotted spotted lorcana coming up and it, it, you know this is pretty exciting because and i think uh, ravensburger have had a great run of board games they've done really well in that space sort of family games these big ips like like disney and you know jaws and jurassic mm -hmm. park and marvel they've done really well there but th this just looked to me like it was a step up because i know how big the tcg sort of market is and how excited and interested people get in that and the disney market in and the disney market as well and so the two coming together seemed just you know no brain really exciting <laughs> and so Perfect we were, uh, yeah i was very keen to sort of be involved if i could so we we started pestering them a bit about, oh, this is definitely coming to the UK, right? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I'm really excited. Yeah. It is coming. <laughs> so I, I've I've kept quite a close eye on it just in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the Discord and um, on Twitter and just sort of keeping an eye on the news and looking at the cards as they come out. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite uh, interested from that point of view and keeping up to date with it. Um, I don't, we've, we've not really had much experience with TCGs before. I've sort of dabbled a little bit 
of Pokemon and, and Magic the Gathering, but no. very, very, no only, only t- a tiny bit. I had no interest until it said Mickey Mouse. Right. <laughs> I'm in there. Yeah, but so we were definitely interested. Um, it, it seemed like it seemed like it had a lot of potential and it could be quite fun to sort of demo and, and show to people. So, yeah, we were, we were sort of interested on being a part of it in some way anyway. <laughs> yeah, any way we can get in there. <laughs> well, that actually uh, leads me to a question that we weren't planning to ask, but how do you feel since, like you said, you weren't interested at all in really in TCGs until you know, Disney. Uh, yes. Do you think that that's going to be a c- very common occurrence with a lot of people? Yeah, I mean- absolutely. Um, I, from initially, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, Disney, you know, this is like Pokemon. I, I, I get the attraction because we've got three boys and they've all been like Pokemon, fa- Pokemon fans, but it's never really appealed to me. Um, and it's always seems like the level of competitiveness has always seemed like a bit above what I would normally go for in a card game. And so I, I did really like see the attraction there until it said Disney. I was like, yeah, I can, I can do this. And then when we went to the expo, there were a lot of families coming to sit down who like were scared it was going to be too, you know, too kind of like intricate for them to get a hold of. You know, we had like all different generations sitting down for us. And um, just the ease of the of the play, I think, will, will lure people in. Um, I call it a boardless villainous for me, it is. Um and a lot of the people that come to play villainous fans, like some of the family members found it quite tricky, didn't they, getting to grasp with all the words and the, the leaflets and the objectives. And this seems like a much simpler way for them to like have a piece and be able to join in. Um, and as Disney, you know, it's all inclusive and family friendly. I think this is a, the perfect way to get them both into the, the card games and, you know, express their love of, of Disney like me. Yeah. Uh, well, now you mentioned people coming up to the table. So first you had to, you know, be ready for that. And since you've been doing this for a while, did they have to do like any extra training with you before the the start of the UK Games Expo? Or was it just showing you how to play the game and then saying, do your thing? It's a bit of, it's a, bit of a funny story, really, because when, when we were going to the Expo, we, we were um, just going to be on the board game side of things. Uh, so... Uh, that's always great fun and it's a bit of a family affair in fact because as the years have gone on and they've got a sort of bigger stance at these kind of events we've invited uh sarah jane's uh sister and her husband are demos as well one of my friends there's a this little gang of five of us that you know all know each other and have, have a great time there but we we sort of when we first heard about this it was going to be like okay you guys are doing the board games and uh, we've got another team that are, that are specialists in TCGs that are doing uh, Locana, and so my you know my heart sank. And I thought, oh no, you know I've, <laughs> I've been I've been usurped, you know. <laughs> um, so we sort of uh, had a few plans in motion, like no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna still do our best to sort of be involved somehow. Um, so I, I I was keeping an eye on the news, and I as soon as the rules came out, I I learned the game, and I I was watching you know the first people playing it on tabletop simulator and and proxies and all that sort of thing so i was pretty pretty clued up about the rules and so actually just as as we were driving to the expo <laughs> we we dropped our children off at uh, the the, the granny and granddad's house and we were driving the last half an hour then i said to sarah look we we've got to get in on this and so I, I taught her the rules there driving in the car to you know to Birmingham Very and just you know, yeah, just just going through them all like imagine you've got this car you know 
and uh yeah so we were sort of we were sort of ready to rock and roll when we got there and once the uh you know the first day of expo immediately there was this vast queue that stretched all the way around our stand and was sort of heading back towards the door and so i i just knew then that they were going to need to draft new people in to teach it because I think at that point they had sort of three tables yeah, and three maybe and sort of one extra one that, that Ryan Miller was sort of using. And I just knew that there was no way they were going to get through that amount. No. And so we sort of, uh, we sort of hung about and kept our ears what was going on. And as soon as they, we heard them say, well, I think we've got to get a couple of new tables in, but who can teach it? We were like, bingo, we're in, <laughs> we, we know all about this. Uh, we, we, we're ready to go. Now I saw uh, Katie from Ravensburg and I said, oh, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in there. And so we did actually uh, then have a chat with Ryan Miller, who, who was there, of course, and he gave us a little sort of... Like how he would do it. Yeah, sort of three or four minute sort of run through of how he teaches it and, and the things to sort of really um, concentrate on when, you, when you're when you bringing new people in. And, and then that was it. We had sort of three days of, you Crazy. know, nine hour days, nonstop teaching pretty much, wasn't it? Yeah. That is like one of the coolest stories I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, we know how to play the game. I taught her for 10 minutes in the car on the way over here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's, and um, that is just something that you can point to and say, look, this is how easy the game is. I didn't even have something for her to look at. Yeah. I taught yeah. the game. That's it. it it's, it's so, it's very intuitive. And it was... Yeah. Like Sarah Jane was saying, you know, we, we were used to sort of uh, the Disney villainous game, which is, you know, a similar thing, but a bit more complex to begin with. But this this one was just so easy to get people going on. They 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 got it. And if you've played any any sort of card game or, or trading card game in particular, you're you, you get the concepts very, very quickly. So uh you mentioned how you met with Ryan Miller. Was that your only interaction with him, being like, Hey, we know how to teach the game and he kind of coached <laughs> you? Or did you get a chance to chat with him a little bit more? And if you can't share, that's fine. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, he was he was really hands-on. He was like in and out of the stand and just chatting to us. Um, he bought us all little gifts at the end. So that was very sweet of him. He was a really nice guy. He took time to like be with the fans and have his picture with them and talk to them. He was really accessible for everyone, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, he he was sort of very open to questions, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Absolutely. Anytime someone said something, I was like, "You see that guy over there?" <laughs> yeah, ask that really tall, funny guy. He knows everything. Hard to miss. Yeah, he he. I mean, he was very busy because he had a lot of sort of interviews and press things and uh, throughout the time. But he's always coming back from those and jumping in and teaching. You know, just teaching people from the queue um uh, and getting sort of yeah. stuck in and, and very visible the whole time wasn't yeah it? yeah and, and and yeah so we we didn't i i mean i in particular i because part of the reason i go to the uk games expo is for the gaming in the evening so i didn't sort of go out to the the sort of uh the, the meals mm. afterwards so i was like no I'm, I'm gonna get my gaming on um so i sort of <laughs> there's perhaps a bit more opportunity to chat to him there but he, he was certainly flitting it flitting in and out and around and and seeing how we were getting on and yeah, it was really yeah. nice to meet him because, you know, I, I sort of had this impression of a, you know, a card game designer. It's su such a tricky thing, isn't it? I can't even imagine doing it, really. I had the impression of a mad sort of genius in a lab somewhere who would be a bit, you know, a bit strange and standoffish and a bit bit peculiar, you know. But Ryan was really just... Wasn't yeah, he was, he was so funny. He's such a sort of uh, charming, chatty... Yeah. 
funny sort of chap that it, it just made it very easy to just not feel intimidated and just ask him whatever we needed to know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I didn't have, didn't have to hesitate in saying, you know, if you've got a question, anything about it, you know, take it to Ryan. And he was just, he was just yeah. really, you know, pleased to be there. You get the thing that he genuinely wanted to be there, didn't he? Yeah. The, and and he was, he was very good at answering awkward questions as well, wasn't he? Some people were like, oh, it's, it's just magic, isn't it? Or something like that. And he, he always had a very uh, witty retort or, you know, you could tell he was, he was so knowledgeable about this area. Uh, he knew all the games inside and out and and so yeah it, it, it was really fun it was it was a great yeah. um it was a great thing that we managed to to to, to get yeah. him over and have him on the stand wasn't it i remember at gamma <laughs> he likes to diffuse questions with humor one of the questions that somebody asked they're like so with your cards that are foiled are they gonna uh, curl like magic cards and he said <laughs> our goal is to get foils that curl like pringles <laughs> <laughs> and I got the whole like room laughing, but uh, then he addressed the question more seriously. He's just, he's a very charismatic person. And uh, if you ever get a chance to meet him, uh, take that chance. Cause he's pretty amazing. So I wanted to ask you in all of your years of helping Robinsberger do game demos, have you ever seen so much anticipation? I know you said there were a lot of people that were eager to play villainous, but I know in some of your posts, this was one of the ones that first tuned me on to you guys on Twitter. You said that the lines were up to three to four hours long at some points. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, have you ever been to Disney World? Yes. You've seen the rope drop. Oh, yeah. Run. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like, we saw them running from the end of the exhibition hall, like, trying not to run, but running. And they would run to get in the queue. And it's the only time I've ever seen it was as if we were like giving it away for free, wasn't it? And I've never seen people like run so much or like be yeah. so excited. And then the queue just wrapped around the whole of our stand and it just went crazy, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it was so busy because, I mean, Ravensburger games are pretty popular over here and there's lots of people that are interested in playing and we're always fully booked up, uh, you know, get, getting lots of interest. Yeah. But this was just another level. And in fact, I don't think I've seen really at the expo anything quite like this, especially no. because there was no product for sale that that was the thing there, yeah. there are some queues elsewhere when there's a new game coming out and this is the, you know there's only 200 copies available or something like that but this was you know this is just to show the game yeah. and and everybody knew <laughs> yeah everybody knew it was they weren't going to get a, a a full game and a, and a huge you know hour-long play session it was it was a quick a quick go and a yeah. quick look and a look at the products but still, the queue was, you know, the queue was never empty the whole weekend. No. And that, that was... You had to close the queue down at the end, didn't you? They'd yeah. close it down so that everyone in the queue had enough time to play before we yeah. closed the hall. It was it was crazy. It was phenomenal. People, they were like, it would be three to four hours. And people were like, fine, yeah, we'll wait. That's amazing. Like half of your day at Expo. Yeah. Crazy. And, and people, it wasn't just the once either. People would no. go around and around. They, you'd yeah. see literally, they would finish their, their game. They'd walk around during the end of the queue back back to play again. <laughs> yeah, I saw some people like four times over the weekend. So I got to know them. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now that leads into seeing uh, these people coming through and them all being uh, a variety of, you know, some, like you said, were TCG players and other people were brand new and families. How how hard was it? Was it difficult to teach them the game? Um you know, and also uh, how how bad was your voice in your throat by the end of the day? <laughs> <laughs> I became a bit of a strepsil dealer by the end of day one. <laughs> so that's a little sort of uh, a, a little lozenge kind of thing that you you, you suck yeah, on and it's, 
it soothes the throat a bit. It's one of the, you know, it's a brand in the UK, but yeah, you you were dishing those out yes, quite a lot, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd lost my voice by, I think it was by the end of the first day, and I was really squeaky. Um, and the lovely thing was that like people that came to play with me were bringing me drinks and lozenges and um, a lovely one of the other, the forgotten his name now, lovely guys from a YouTube channel bought us ice cream. <laughs> and the people that we played with were just so lovely. They're like, can we get you anything? And I'd only met them for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really my voice just went. Yours was yours not too bad. I get overexcited though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, too, you're, too, you're too excitable. Yeah, yeah, you're turning into Mickey. Yeah, but I'm a teacher, so I'm I'm used to talking all day, and uh, yeah, my voice just gone. No, but it was that was a great thing about it. That was even though we had a, a very limited amount of time with each sort of group, each sort of table of four. Um, you, you really felt that you could get through the basics of the game quite quickly and, and get get playing and get get stuck in really i think yeah. with working on the board game side before that they usually had a lot longer to experience the game half an hour or an hour sort of thing and so with this i was a bit worried where they were sort of saying oh you know we've, we've got to get we've got to get through this you know the, yeah. the queue is so long we can only give people 15 minutes or something so i was like oh is that going to be enough time but I, th I think it was because the rules are so quick and easy and, and familiar to anybody who's played a different card game. Uh, it, it was really quite a, quite an easy experience, wasn't it? Yeah. For those people that haven't played card games, I, I don't like, I'm not sure it's the right word, but you just had to be like a bit handsy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just like move the cards for them. You're like, yeah, this is how it goes. And they were like, after like the third or fourth turn that they've had, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get that now. It's very easy to, like to just get playing, step. and then as, as things, uh, as cards are coming out, you help them with the hand. You, you show how to exert yeah. the cards, how to challenge, and it, that was that was really Ryan's yeah. approach, wasn't it? He was saying where you, it's it's sort of get people a hand of cards as soon as you can, and, and get them stuck in rather yeah. than doing a big front loaded run through of all the rules. Yeah, um, when uh, when, <laughs> when we were at Gamma, uh, we I mean it wasn't a public facing event; it was for the business owners but uh james and there was same same exact story they had like one or two tables and immediately we were like they are going to need more tables so they set some more up and uh when james and i played we <laughs> they uh trusted us to teach our opponents and uh mm -hmm. i mean that was tough enough just for like four or five minutes i can't imagine doing it nine hours a day for three days <laughs> um <laughs> I wanted and to ask. I didn't you. get. I didn't get the memo on get the cards into their hand as soon as possible, <laughs> and then and then I got chastised by Steve Warner for not getting into the game quick enough. So that is a good thing to remember: is get the cards into their hands and then start from there and teaching them the game. I kid you not. James was at the table with this guy for like twenty minutes. Hey, <laughs> it wasn't twenty minutes. <laughs> okay, nineteen. It was. We had. We played an entire game too. <laughs> anyway, um. I wanted to ask you, because you were there and you had so much experience, what was the most common thing you heard people say after playing the game? And also, after you answer that question, did, did anybody say anything negative about the game after they played? I think the most common thing was, when can I buy this? Yeah, yeah. How so, much yeah. can I buy? I want it now. <laughs> or have you have you got any promotion cards? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> can you give us any right now? <laughs> that 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 genuinely genuinely was the, you know. The main thing that I heard, um, I, th I think most 
I, I think it was interesting the different types of people that were in the queue and were, were coming to play and it really did did sort of run the gamut from super hardcore magic players and i know at the expo there are a few tournaments there was a one piece tournament that was that had a lot of people playing and there were lots of one piece uh mm -hmm. card game yeah. players in in the queue and you know right from, right from there right through to families of kids and people that had never you know almost never played a game really um and had been sort of dragged to the expo but they're like oh disney disney what's this and you know everybody that played was interested and had good things to say about it um even those magic players were like you know that so many times they were like oh, oh actually yeah that Oh, this, damn, this is good, isn't it? This is actually good. Damn, yeah. this is another thing I need to get into. Um, that that was kind of my experience, yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's for me too. It was lovely. I like playing with a lot of the, I would say, different kind of kind of gamers than you expect, doesn't it? Like we had like the tiny like little kids that are used to Pokemon that would just like make your eyes pop out how quickly they did everything. Um, and we were playing to like five or seven lore, weren't we, up there at the and there was one little boy and he was, his mum was like, you could win now. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then uh, like, he'd like saved all his pit, all his lore up and he got like about 20 and then just slammed his mum with it in one turn. She's like, oh, thanks for that. So it was, uh, it was really, it was really interesting. We had like, like grannies and grandpas coming to play with their kids and the grandkids. And yeah, it was just really nice to see so many different kinds of. I mean, you gamers. had uh, Dr. Who didn't you? Doctor yeah. Who was one of the one of the incarnations of the Doctor was running around and and you know entertaining people and he, he, he got me jelly babies at the end. Yeah, he came and joined in. Um, yeah, so I think I think in terms of negativity, there wasn't really that much. Um, I think I think the yeah, the thing that I had from again the sort of experienced card game players was, oh, can I do anything on my opponent's turn? Yeah. That was that was yeah. the thing they asked. And I, th I think, again, that was something we'd, we'd quite often would drag Ryan over to say, have a chat with this person and, and tell them, you know, a bit about why you don't need to do that yet. And, and, and what's yeah. coming up, maybe a little hint about, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry, things are going to get interesting, you know. And so I, I, and I, yeah. I quite like that. I, I really like that they've, they've kept it simple, certainly to begin with. And, and as the sets go on, the chapters go on, we, we might see some more interesting uh, types of cards. Really. Yeah. Change, yeah. Like, I, I think I think the way that it is now is is really nicely it's pitched well. between yeah, sort of strategy it's and it's very Disney, isn't it? Yeah. Like everyone everyone has a seat at the table in this one. That's it. Like, I, I yeah, I didn't there wasn't too much negativity really. It was just sort of when can we get it and um why why are you hurting my wallet like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why is it changing every three months? Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I'm curious about. Um, and this is inspired by your response here. You're talking about all these people, grandmas and grandpas and kids coming and playing together. Uh, a huge part about what makes a TCG successful is getting people in to play like organized play at their local game store. Do you think uh, that a lot of these people will make their way out to a local game store and play? Or do you think they'll like buy the first set, play it at their kitchen table and bust it out once in a while when they want to play? Yes, yeah, that's it's difficult to say. I'm not super yeah. familiar with the existing ones. I know, I mean, I think from my point of view, we don't in this country, we don't quite have the sort of same culture that they maybe do in France, where and and certainly in some part, you know, Germany, where these kind of hobby games are actually well designed but are still accessible to families are, are a really big thing. 
and there are these big sort of uh like in france i know recently they they have these sort of outdoor fairs don't they these kind of conventions that are outside yeah. and you see lots of people playing um you know my sort of impression is that you know there are there are quite a lot of games cafes now it's definitely a, a growing area there aren't a great number but there are, there they're, are they're, 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 yeah there's more of them than there used to, to be they're not in your face you have no to you have, so I, I still feel that it's a little bit for the casual the very casual person that's not in this world of strange hobby games and card games uh they'd have to sort of seek that out a bit more so i'm not quite convinced that we're suddenly going to see an exponential growth in people down you know going to to geek retreat and to, to board game cafes and places <laughs> like that um You're right. and i th- i but think that spamming here it's definitely growing um but i think that a lot of people but you know there's a, there's a big scene of pokemon and there's lots of i know there are lots of children that that collect and play and there are some great board game cafes actually that do special events and 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 days specifically for kids to come in uh where the rule is you know you have to play the game you you can't just show off your cards you know it's about (laughs) it's about play rather than just just collecting you know there's there's a collecting side it's all all fun for kids isn't it but it's about getting getting the whole family involved and actually learning to play the game then the kids would go home and show the parents and you know so so yeah i mean i'm very hopeful that this i think of all the games of of this type that are out there this is maybe the one that might you know start to breach that wall a bit yeah, more and, and cause some more growth but i i don't think immediately we've got the sort of real infrastructure and um culture quite yet to to see it really be big i do think it will be bigger given that you know a lot of people are intimidated to get into pokemon going for so long right yeah it's difficult to even feel like you'd have a chance to compete whereas if you're in at a grassroots level here we're all kind of you know without the skills we're all kind of on the same yeah. level but i would feel comfortable doing it whereas yeah. pokemon i would know where to start I mean, that's that's one of the things that's really attracted me to this particular tcg and the disney plus the brilliant artwork plus the rules being quite accessible plus the fact that there isn't a 20 year history of, of the game already being out there and everybody immediately being super expert that have got cards you can't get anymore and that sort of thing <laughs> so i think it i think that aspect is is really quite big and and there'll be lots of people that will sort of think yeah maybe this is the one that i want to get involved with absolutely and uh, i some the you know the children in my class so a lot of children that certainly will collect them but then there are also equally a lot of parents out there now that will think, oh, okay, this is something that could get them off the computer. Yeah. So they, I think they will more actively seek out, you know, places to do this. We've got a few Yu-Gi-Oh players in my class that go and play at tournaments. Um, so I've been like hinting away. <laughs> Come on, kids. <laughs> I should be on commission. You need to, you need to get commission. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've got access to hundreds of children. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's got, a, it's got a good chance, I think. Bring a lot of people together. I hope that would be cool because then the game can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so coming up soon, we have the actual release of the game, and the first time people are going to be able to buy it is at Gen Con here in America. Um, and during that convention, there's going to be tournaments and also teaching how to play events. Uh, do you have any advice for people that are going to be helping? Because they're getting a lot of new people to help with those events. So what kind of advice would you give for the teaching and or judging of events if you're new to it? I'm going to guess our advice will be different, so I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, 
yeah and i think especially if you're not a talker like me i'm uh, you know I, I don't my job doesn't involve chatting away like sarah james does uh so losing your voice is a big a big deal uh so my my tip there is just to always have water on your person and be drinking sips of it just just all the time as much as you can uh for me that was something that really helped uh stave away losing my voice you know i've got a bit croaky it, it definitely felt the strain but i think you just lo lose so much uh you dehydrate so much when you're talking for so long uh you and yes be careful not to shout i mean I, i'm probably doing it now a little bit that you get excited and you you tend to to raise your voice and be sort of shouting at people especially when you're you know a big really a big noisy. convention center aren't you but try try and sort of you know uh regulate that and and just speak more clearly and that will hopefully stave off the loss of voice anyway <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are your, so what are your my advice is the contrary <laughs> so, um, I'm a storyteller and I was like I'm representing Mickey Mouse he's Disney so I like to tell a story I mean for the the big voice and the the tell a story the big gesticulations I'm gonna make people excited about it so I worked my whole little story about it how we're magical illumineers and um if you hear anybody talking about soggy glimmers you know these are people that I have personally coached <laughs> I said, well, we we told we asked Ryan about this, didn't we? But yeah. apparently, in the US, so, soggy, you don't know what soggy means. Soggy isn't really. It's like when you start a painting and it's a bit watery and you have to leave it to dry. So it just means sort of what, damp. Yeah, like, damp. Yeah, when you get like a glimmer out and he's, so he's you, just painted. I'm not sure Ryan actually, you know, he really bless, bless <laughs> your people. Get it? Yeah, but I don't. I'm not sure that's an official term. That when when you know when so when you're playing when you're playing a a car a character. They can't, uh, no. yeah, they, they can't, the ink is drying, you, isn't it? When you paint them, he said the ink is drying. So yeah. for English people, I said, right, you've just got this this glimmer out. He's soggy. You can't play with a soggy glimmer. And the English people get it. So <laughs> I'm I, gonna use I that. was like, see, see, you know if they've been coached by me, they mentioned soggy yeah. glimmers. And uh, yeah, I like to tell a little story. Uh, it's Disney, and I like to remember that. You yeah. need to bring the magic with it to people. That's what they're coming to the table for, I think. Yeah. Especially those people that aren't don't just want the rules. That's it. I, I, I think part of it. I think you can, you know, work out what teaching style is for different people. So I was asking, you know, if people had experience of card games. Some of the magic players really just wanted, you know, a thirty-second blast of rules, and they wanted to just just play straight away. And so, and that's what they want. Yeah. That's that's fine, isn't it? But. You know, other people really want want that story. Want yeah. to want to know what on earth they're doing. Why are they playing this? What what's yeah. happening? Why are these Why are these Disney characters uh, all mixing together? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? And I like to give a bit of humour as well and try and like reprimand people when they're up to thing. I'm like, I'm watching you, sir. No, I know what you're up to. And then they they all felt like a you know comfortable making mistakes. Then at the table, you yeah, kind of bring the humour. I mean, it. we had a we had a lot of fun, didn't we, with the the different terminology of card games, shall we say, where you know, particularly if you played other types of games you'll be saying well i'm tapping this card and i'll be a don't Pop let ryan it. hear you say that you're in trouble now We're, we exert here thank you very much you know <laughs> and there's no violence no violence no one's no there's no there's no uh they they're not killing each other are no, they they are challenging. simply challenge each other having challenges <laughs> and they, i think a lot of people enjoyed it and i think that's what brought them back round again just because they enjoyed their like the family yeah. so there's nothing intimidating about sitting down I wouldn't enjoy sitting down to, you know, I'm not a magic player. I wouldn't enjoy sitting down to someone saying, this yeah. is the, well, I would fall asleep as you. 
right? I mean, hearing you guys you... talk, I'd get back in the queue just to uh, have you guys teach <laughs> me again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, for the judging side, I re- yeah, that that's why um, they, Ravensburger at the Expo are working with uh, a company called Tournament Center. And so that gives me a lot of uh, hope that they really are taking the sort of organized play and tournament side of it seriously because they're quite a big company in Europe that sort of do, you know, organize these sort of esports events plus the kind of in-person Pokemon and, and those kind of tournaments. And so uh, the, the other people teaching were from there and they they were sort of pros, weren't they? Yeah. They, were, they were really good and they were seem to be more like the sort of people who'd be into the judging side of it. Um, I think for me that 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 would, yeah, I, I I couldn't really give any advice there. I I find it difficult to get, uh, you know, to sort of get the rules perfect yeah. the first time. So I, I wouldn't be a great judge. I don't think I'd be over invested if I was a judge. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be picking your favourites. Yeah, I was. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, I wouldn't be good at that. Yeah, but I think from from the teaching side of it, yeah, try try engage your audience. Uh, keep drinking the water. Yeah. Get a lot of lozenges. Make sure you're not going to lose your voice on the first day, but communicate yeah. a bit of excitement and story yeah. if you can. Yeah. No, not a bit, a lot. Okay, a lot. Get everything you've got. Soggy <laughs> go, glimmer. Go home. <laughs> it's always a soggy glimmer. And they remembered that. They were like, it's soggy. I can't play with a soggy glimmer. That's right, madam. You can't. <laughs> that and, is, uh, that yeah, actually it's is. Great. I really, I really love that. That is a really fun way to to say that. <laughs> um so with all of this is there anything else that was like a a big surprise takeaway from your experience this year uh, at the event i think for me it 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 was mainly just just the sheer amount of people and the excitement for this game which i mean so far hasn't been advertised i mean not over here we haven't it's not like pokemon where it's on tv you know, it, it's not in the sort of mainstream press at all at the moment. And yet there was a huge number of people there queuing up, ready to play. And also the people that were, well, you know, like you guys and, and like me a little bit, uh, that were into the game and it's not even out yet. What's going on there? There, there, there was a, a wonderful chap that turned up, wasn't he? He had, he was there with this big binder yes, under his arm. And we were, what's he got there? And on the, on the front of it, it said, you know, Proxies. unofficial Lorcana yeah. proxies and and there are photos of him later on where he, he'd gone to the open gaming area of the expo um and he, he made a little sign saying i'll teach you Lorcana, come and play here and he, he had all the cards that were available at that time printed out you know and, and he was ready to teach and play and yeah. i just thought you know I've, I've never heard of that before that was just incredible yes. that somebody would spend all that time for a game that's you know not even out yet yeah and and spending their time at the expo teaching and trying to sort of spread uh the joy of this new game and that that was really surprising yeah. to me that probably is actually for me like i was saying to you earlier is that it's the sheer spreading of joy isn't it like you say that guy teaching it and how kind people that came to play with us you know they come around several times and bring us like drinks and and they'd like lean over the barrier and say can we you know later on in the day can we get you anything and i'm like i've known you for 15 minutes you know how can they people be just so kind it was a really lovely experience and we always we always enjoy playing the games don't we we always have a great time with there are several people that we know now that always come to meet us every expo to see what's new and to play the games and i meet them at toy fair um but this one yeah it seemed to just just a really lovely atmosphere wasn't it no one was grumbling in the queue everyone was just really excited to to be there and be a part of it it was um 
it's a really special feeling. Yeah, there's quite a lot of people teasing at the beginning because Ravensburger had uh, sponsored the event. And so they, you know, they had an advert in the kind of program and also they had sponsored a street name. So the kind of aisles have got these big stickers on that sort of say, oh, you know, this is, you know, Asmodee Street or whatever. And so we had Locarna Street. So there was a big, a big long list of the, the these sort of stickers on the ground saying like Locarno street, street. So not Locarno, <laughs> Locarno Street. And so people were like, am I at the right place? And so... I had to go and get some gaffer tape, some sort of black tape, and kind of go around sort of sticking, turning the lowercase O's back into A's. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I can't have this. This can't stand. We're not sort of, you know, <laughs> all this branding has gone to waste, you know. <laughs> Crazy, wasn't wow. it? Yeah. Like twelve of them <laughs> with a sharp. I, I must say, the next day they they were all nicely printed out, and they were they were they looked look lovely professional again. But yeah, it, it was amusing people in the queue as I was sort of saying, "Excuse me, I just need to." Uh, <laughs> I'm the address. emergency rebranding manager. <laughs> I, I need to I need to fix this up. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you guys, you made this sound so magical. I I'm kind of sad I missed out on this. It sounds like an amazing experience. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I love the expo anyway, just because for the UK it's the biggest of the, the, this sort of event, and you know I always get a feeling when it's it's super busy this year and, and everyone's bustling around, and there are just times when I just stop and I just sort of think I, I'm just amongst my people here, and you know this doesn't happen that often in day to day life that you just know everybody around you is just here for fun, yeah. for play, to play these these weird games that we all love. Uh, and and that's you know it was especially so this year with a sort of you know genuinely exciting and brand new kind of release yeah. wasn't it? It goes so quickly, doesn't <laughs> it? We always get the blues afterwards. Yeah. Real, real downer. Real dis disassembling. Back to everything. real life kind of thing. <laughs> Seeing Mickey Mouse taken down. Heartbreaking. <laughs> so I want to circle back to uh, Ryan Miller um, because how could you not? Uh, I want to ask: Were there any highlights that he told you? um to emphasize when you were teaching the game to people like uh what what exactly did he share with you if you can remember yeah he, he i think we sort of just watched him teach a game didn't we because yeah. he he was sort of doing some interviews and then teaching a few games and then going off and talking to a distributor or you know that that sort of thing wasn't it yeah. um i think yeah, he he was very much. I, I think it was your approach, really, that that he tell a story. It was telling it? a story. Yeah. It was, um... and like you said about the cards. So I would I would say at the beginning of mine, you know, the best best way for me to teach you is to get started. Mm. Um, like you say, that's exactly what he was saying. And, they need to be. Holding. And depending on the feedback he was getting, he was literally sort of helping people. You know, well, I, well, I I sort of talking through the cards in their hand. Well, I would suggest this one first because, as you can see, you know, they they've yeah. got some law and they you can. It was just walking through people through it step by step yeah. as they were playing and sort yeah. of bringing it to life, really. A bit like Ohana, wasn't it? No one gets left behind. Yeah, he did. He did seem to know a bit about Disney, didn't he? That yeah. he was uh, yeah. <laughs> bringing a little, 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 little nuggets of of the films in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I can't really remember any exact uh, little phrases he used, but it was it was very much about get them involved early, yeah. tell the story, bring it to life. Yeah. Uh, and have fun. Yeah. That's great. I, I think that's, I think that's a, a really good thing, you know, especially considering that, you know, how I messed it up. Um, I think it's a really good thing to hear 
for other people that are teaching is get the cards in and then just go through. And when things come up, you, you, you go through what that piece is and then all the pieces start to fit together. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some people that like all the rules, like you will you read all the rules before we, before you play a game. Yeah. Whereas I'd rather just play um, because I will by the end especially as my voice was going i love teaching the magic players because i just i literally I, I had the rules condensed into about a minute i could just <laughs> just information dump and their eyes would just light up and they go right and then watching them play i'd never really watched sort of you know really good card players play their hands are like magicians they, they've got all these little strange little motions they're making yeah. and they're so quick I mean, by the end, I think when we uh, sort of the last, the very last game of of the whole expo was were these uh, a pair of magic players who were sort of kitchen sink, yeah, what's it called, kitchen table, kitchen sink, kitchen, kitchen table magic thing. players. They were saying, um, and they in the sort of fifteen minutes they competed two full games of of uh, Locana and and you yeah. know super so speed. Quick. They yeah. just understood it yeah. amazingly well. Uh, so yeah, so I really, I really, that's one aspect I really enjoyed as well. Just teaching all the different types of people who wanted different things from the game, and and so you could t you could you could t tweak your playing style, you know. In a yeah, no, I really loved. I just love the the whole fact that I'm there, you know, able to you know represent Mickey Mouse, the hero. <laughs> we were married in Disney, obviously, so he's a bit of a hero. Um, chose Gab over Mickey. Yeah, Mouse. I've met Mickey. I've met... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah actually mickey, mickey and donald came to our wedding yeah they did yeah they did it was it was good good times good times <laughs> and uh so for, for me it's been able to bring like and share that kind of magical feeling um and so if i've got the chance i'm going to make it as magical for people as i possibly can but then the saying that there were like groups of, of players that would come through especially like the mid-20s like magic players that would come through and I was like, if you come through, can you like request my table? Then I can get a break. And they so they would come and sit there and they'd be like, you just sit there, I will play. So I just get to like just have a drink and sit there and they'd chat to me. I'd just nod along. Um, so yeah, that was lovely. I like, having got to know people over the, you know, the course of the few days that I was able to, you know, see who was coming in the queue and be like, over here, come to my table. And uh yeah, but yeah, the just the variety of people that was, was just brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Well, that is this just amazing. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to move into some of our other segments and talk about some of the new stuff and news. And first up, we have the Lorcana lexicon. And Jared, what is this week's word? So the word for this week is Swiss tournament, because when you play a TCG like tournament, this is usually the format that it's played in. And what it means is that uh, players are paired against people with similar win loss records. So Initially, you're paired against whoever, but if you lose the first game, then you're paired against somebody who also lost the first game. And if you go undefeated, you're continually paired against somebody that has been undefeated. So makes it a little more fair that way. Um, but if you hear the term Swiss tournament, um, that's what it means. Also, you uh, won't be paired against a player that you played with previously in the tournament. All right. So get up, get ready for that if you're going to go into organized play. Uh, and next up for news, we really don't have a lot of news yet, but we may by the time this comes out, because uh, today, when we're recording this on the 15th, 
there is uh, an influencer event for 100 people going to something that they're running in Germany. And this apparently is going to have a lot of cool stuff at it, but we won't be able to see it because most of it's under NDA. How yeah. cruel. How cruel. Right? You fly on the wall. <laughs> but we do know that there's a lot of stuff getting released, uh, at least from uh, the gamer, uh, the week before Gen Con. So we're hoping that most things that we are hearing are locked down may not be locked down anymore that week. Maybe, hopefully, because I mean, we're going to know a bunch of stuff the next week at Gen Con. So maybe a yeah, week I'm, or I'm going to say that, a lot of stuff. I'm going to say that uh, a lot of that stuff is going to be revealed because they're going to want to hype people up for this. Right. And I think that's the point of uh, Lorcana week. So fingers crossed. And like you said earlier, how you haven't seen any advertising for the game uh, in the UK, uh, it's the same here. The only advertising they've done is go to shows and conventions and show the game off in person. There has been no media advertising that I know of beyond articles on uh, you know game websites and things like that. That's it. There's no billboards. There's no ads popping up online. Nothing. And yet everybody is learning about this game and, and trying to play it. So something's working, right? Yeah. Pretty. Incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Cause I tend to be in a bit of a bubble of all the board game news, the card game news. And, and, and that's obviously not the general populace that are, are looking at the ads on TV and uh, on the huge billboards and so forth. And so it's a bit, it's a bit hard to know, you know, how is it, is it about a thousand of us that knows about Lorcana and that's it at the moment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's certainly going to be exciting. I was, I was quite envious of those influencers. They were sent a sort of invite that was like a big version of the the, the Mickey um, Brave Little Taylor card and things like that. Um, but unfortunately, even even you know with some of the board games, we have sort of sent them a bit early to learn and things like that. And we have a bit of inside information, just being you know part time demoers for Ravensburger. But with Lorcana, it's been so locked down, so secret. And so, for example, like, like I say, we, we were teaching the game there. We, we'd never held a card before uh, before that day. <laughs> you know, they didn't send us anything beforehand at all. Um, and, and even they there, them. they were they were sort of locking them up in the cupboards, weren't they? And yeah. being very careful yeah, about we were like counting the cards after, you know, and making sure. I think I think we lost a couple, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was so secretive and locked down. And, and that's, you know, that's quite different from from the normal sort of board game side of things crazy all right so we had uh so many new cards revealed in the last few days we had eight new cards so let's let's get through these and you guys if you want to chat about these i think you said you're looking at them so yeah if you have anything you want to say about them feel free uh we'll even ask uh i think we'll ask you your your opinions on some of these as we go and jared why don't you kick it off with the first one so the first one is uh sebastian and i love this card because martin and rafa uh, two of my good friends were able to reveal this card. They had a video on YouTube, did a little quiz show. It made me laugh, though. I, I don't know if, Gavin, you and Sarah Jane watched this, but they were like, we're going to start with the hard questions first and then go to the easy ones. And, like, the first clue was uh, uh, something about Jamaica. <laughs> I was like, that was your hardest clue? Oh. <laughs> anyway, yes. Sebastian <laughs> is a two-cost inkable on Amber uh court composer is his title two cost sorry two strength two willpower he has one lore 
but he has the ability uh, Singer 4, which actually is the second card we've seen with this ability at this point. But this card, he costs two, but he can sing a song that is up to four cost. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty powerful card for such a low cost. Yeah, I, I love I love this ability because one of the one of the things that really made people's eyes light up was was that idea of an action that was a song that somebody else could sing, you know, another character could sing for you. That was just a, a lovely thematic little little thing in the game. And so I, I think this is great. I love I love the fact that that we've got Sebastian here, who's a great singer. <laughs> He's one of your faves, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> so yeah, Sarah J. One of the things I loved about Sarah J when I early on when I met her was that. When this, when, when, when the, uh, when the uh, under the sea song came on, uh, you know, on the CD player, and we were driving along, she knew every single word of that song. I love it. <laughs> so the next card we have is Gaston. Uh, it is also a two cost inkable. Uh, it has four strength and two willpower, and he has reckless just on. On him. He doesn't give it to anyone. He has it on himself, which is this character can't quest and must challenge uh, it each turn if able. And he has zero lore. The first no lore character because he can never quest. So why would he need lore on him, right? So this is pretty fun and it is so on point thematically with this character. It's incredible. I have to eat crow a little bit on this one because I was pretty adamant that there would be no zero lore characters, but this one, this one is fitting. If you're going to have a zero lore character, this one makes sense. Totally makes sense. He's all about Gaston. He doesn't care about you and earning lore. So, and in, he's in Ruby. So uh, that fits with that, uh, that color as well. I think ever since they, they showed LeFou uh, as one of the other cards, I, I was just waiting for Gaston to appear. Cause I think he, he references Gaston, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, I think this is yeah, this is the perfect introduction for him. Really. We're a bit we're a bit Gaston obsessed at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Our son's in Beauty and the Beast at school next week, and so we've been all we've been hearing are Gaston songs for the last three weeks. He's going to love this card. <laughs> Great music. So the next card is Ariel. She is a three cost inkable. She has two strength, three willpower. She is also a singer card. She can sing songs up to five. So we're looking at songs like Let It Go and Dragonfire. She has one lore and she has the ability musical debut, which basically lets you look at the top four cards of your deck. And if there's a song card, you can reveal it and put the bottom three up on the bottom. You can put the other three on the bottom of your deck. Wow, that was a word jumble. So, uh, and this was the first song that, this was the first card that had the singer ability revealed on it. Yes. It's yeah, great keywords this late into the game, into the reveals, right? Right. Yeah. I, lo I love the fact that their sort of abilities have got a, a name associated with them. I think that's a really nice touch. And I'm sort of interested to see with, you know, where they go with that, if they ever are referred to on other cards, maybe or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love the fact that, yeah, this, this is in contrast to the, the other version of Ariel that can't sing, isn't it? I can't quite remember the card mm -hmm. name now, but yeah. Yes, this is a great one. On human legs. That's right, yeah. <laughs> when she's she human, has she no, voice. no voice. Yes. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> so next up uh, is one that I was waiting for, and this is uh, Anna from Frozen, heir to Arendelle. 
Uh, it's in Amethyst. It's a four-cost uh, inkable with two strength and four willpower and two lore. And the ability, Loving Heart, when you play this character, if you have a character named Elsa in play, choose an opposing character. The chosen character doesn't ready at the end of their next turn. And this is so thematic because if you have an Elsa in play, and it's the one that we currently know, uh, that Elsa can exert a chosen opposing character, and then Anna can make them stay exerted for you so that your opponent can't use them the next turn, which is so much fun that they're building these combos now, that we're, they're revealing these combos. Yeah, I, I love I the love fact that. that the cards work together like this. It's yeah. just awesome, isn't it? Yeah, like fits with the story. I love that. It's not just like, and I am one step closer to playing the Frozen movie as a deck. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely yeah, love I the art on this card. Uh, it's such good art. Um, I don't know, like the ability, I can take it early. Like, it seems to me like with Anna, if you have her in your deck and you can use the ability, then it's awesome. But I don't know if this is a combo you build your deck around. No, but it's fun if you can. It's it's just having that bonus because she's also too lore at a four cost. Yeah. And so, you know, her, her lore uh, earning ability is probably her main thing. Um, but having this, if you do have a, well, because we're also going to be having at least two more Elsas. Right. So there's going to be a lot of chances to actually use this ability if you're building a deck around Elsa and Anna, which I don't know if you would, but if you have a lot of them in there, it's great. Sounds like you might. I, probably I like to don't. think of, I like to think of this. This has been that moment in the film where, where they sort of meet and in opposition, and Elsa sort of can't control her power, and she sort of sends an icy blast that zaps off and accidentally freezes someone. I think that's that's the moment for me that this card represents. Oh, yes, yeah. good art. Yes. Uh, okay, so our next card is one that was revealed by Team Orkana in the HQ Discord. It's a two-cost inkable card action that's on steel. It's called Break, and the action is Banish Chosen Item. And there's a, a Shadow of the Beast on the card. And then you see a, a chair that has tragically been shredded and it has an arm broken off. And uh, poor Lorcana Wardrobe lost a friend. Now, now, now. Some chairs are just chairs in Beauty and the Beast. They're not all people that have been changed into things. Still, that's that's yes. risky business to be breaking chairs in that in that castle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I mean, a Western how, how did Chip get chipped? That's what I want to know. Right? <laughs> I I I I believe that it was just that he had a missing tooth. You know, his some of his yeah. teeth yeah. were falling out because he's young. That's all it was. Nothing nefarious. Next up, we have uh, in Sapphire a three-cost uninkable action called If It's Not Baroque, and it features Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast. And this is return an item card from your discard to your hand. And the, the, the flavor text is don't fix it. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. The pun game is great so far in the game. I, I really love the the names of the cards and, and the little bits of flavor text. It really adds to it. You, you knew something good was coming from the very beginning with the Brave Little Taylor card when the entire sentence fit in five puns into one sentence, <laughs> which which I uh, I guess the the guy who wrote that uh, actually like right after D twenty three he somewhere said 
that he spent almost an entire day writing just that one sentence, <laughs> which is crazy. It's so, so cool. Dedication. Yeah. <laughs> so the next card I think is the most interesting action card that was revealed. It's a one cost inkable on Ruby. It's called a fan, the flames and it features LeFou, um riling up the crowds and uh, it says ready chosen character. They can't quest for the rest of this turn. And the implications for this like if you have aladdin or if you have mulan you can use this card and ready your character up so you can use their effect another time so i I think this is a pretty strong card yeah it seems to be i mean you can quest with one of them and then ready them up and attack then get that bonus for attacking or you can attack twice like for mulan where you can get that bonus where she banishes someone, if she can banish two different characters in one turn, you get the bonus for the the lore each for each turn, or for each you know for each attack. So yeah, this is pretty cool. Seems like pretty good value for one, doesn't it? Yeah, and yep. again, just revealing all those combos that they're going to be you're going to be able to be playing. And then finally, we have in Amber uh, a three cost uninkable item, Ursula's shell necklace with the ability now sing. And the ability is whenever you play a song, you may pay one ink to draw a card. And drawing a card is so important in this game. And to have an item out that every time you play a song, you get to draw a card. And if you have two of these out, every time you can pay that ink to draw that one card. So if you have four of them out, you pay four ink, you draw four cards if you want to. I mean, I don't know how much ink you're going to have, so that may not be very likely. But you but could. Just the fact that you could makes this just the draw makes this a very good card, I think. Yeah, I think I think uh, one of the things about the demo decks that they had at the Games Expo was that the real the real experienced players that were getting through a game very quickly. There's a few instances where they were they got to that position of just top decking. They're just just taking the card from the top of the deck and having to play that because they'd run out of cards and they didn't. Obviously, the decks weren't perfectly. Uh, created then to sort of uh, give you isn't enough options uh, that you need so this is one of those that seemed to that seemed to be very useful imagine uh singing friends on the other side and then exerting this one to draw a third card it's a pretty good card and and also uh singing it for free so you don't spend any ink to get those two cards oh, and you just right spend ink to get three cards yeah you could use sebastian on turn three to sing it and yep. then uh although i guess you need this doesn't come out till turn three so but you could play this one then sing with sebastian yeah okay so it could work yeah i mean we'll we'll see how it goes if you're playing a, an amber sapphire deck and you've ramped up you already got uh multiple lore uh, uh you know ramped up ahead of the turn so turn three and four could be some pretty good turns for card draw and set you up for some good plays just a bunch of really cool cards. And now that we have more than half the deck, I mean, a lot of people are now looking at this and going like, look at all the combos that are starting to come in. Look at all the, the flavor to the game that's being added that we, you know, just keep adding to it. Uh, and even things like just noticing once again on the art, like on the Ursula's shell, the the magic of the the voice coming out of the shell, the, the magic swirls are basically the swirls in the same style as the amber ink uh, design. So the, again, the designs of the game are always making their way into the art in like every instance possible. It's just everything is meshing and and planned out so well. 
Yes, that's the great thing about all the art being unique and you know new art sort of thing rather than just reusing stuff is that it's got all these lovely little touches i mean i love looking for the hidden mickeys uh yes. i like showing at the expo the one on just on the back of the cards you know had so many uh, kids saying no it's not there yeah, the, the, the kids, a lot of kids weren't happy they're like no that that's no that doesn't work and i was like yes Mickey. come on look you can see it that no 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 <laughs> But yeah, the little, uh, what's the most recent one? Uh, Jetson, hasn't it? Jetson, I can see now, has got a little, the bubbles. Yeah. Is, uh, classic hidden Nicky there. Sebastian has there's... like three. Wow. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah this, Sebastian definitely has some hidden Mickeys on him in the bubbles there. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> we, we we don't like those uh, hidden Mickey deniers, though. Now the time has come. Are you guys up for some Disney Jeopardy? We'll do our best. We'll do our best. Shame and embarrassment of our family. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jared, let her rip. All right. So you guys know how the game works, right? Yeah, you have to. We don't really get Jeopardy over here, but you'll you'll have to forgive us if we don't quite phrase the answer correctly. But we'll we'll give it a go. Yeah, we're 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 pretty pretty strict. Yeah, we're we're not that strict about it. (laughs) All right. So we're gonna go. I don't know. Some of these questions might not be an appropriate level, but we'll we'll see how you do. So for 100, this is the name of the toy store in Toy Story 2. First question on that. We've pitched ourselves to you. Toy Story 2 is one that I haven't watched very much because it's not my favorite, really. No, my answer. No, I'm going to forget that one. No. Uh, Jimmy's Toy Shack. (laughs) So close. So what is Al's Toy Barn? Oh, oh, I told you, shame and embarrassment. Yeah. And, and for disclosure, when I messaged uh, Gavin, he said to bring some hard questions. So I'm I'm ashamed now. Sorry. <laughs> okay. For we always get people. Apparently, that's probably our thing. Is just like just making people guess, not be able to guess any of our questions, <laughs> or at least only one or two. So we're mean apparently <laughs> well, I, I've, I, you know i can guess other people's questions it's just fine but <laughs> it's, it's it's the pressure the pressure yeah. it's true it's true okay so for 200 this is the disney princess who made a background appearance at elsa's coronation yeah it's, <clears throat> they were sort of coming in as guests weren't they is it rapunzel correct who who is who is rapunzel <laughs> ding ding ding, ding. correct Awesome. Okay, we got one. We got one. We're, you're on, you're on the board. We're happy now. <laughs> For three hundred, this is how many years Genie was left in the lamp before Aladdin set him free. That is hard. He says, think, "Was it in the song?" He says something. Yeah, he says it, doesn't he? Says it's, blank, it's blank. The brick in a neck joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... 200 good i think it's more than that but yeah go on then what what is 200 years <laughs> sarah do you have a guess <laughs> right Hi. okay um i think it's for 800 all right you add those two together and multiply it by 10 for ten thousand years oh wow. Uh, yeah okay that makes sense <laughs> Ten thousand oh, years will give you such oof. a crick in the neck. Ah, so, yeah. oh. so like easy. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, for four hundred, this is how many sisters Ariel has. Hang on, let's hear the song. 
she's gonna get um, it so she's got hang on i'm gonna guess she's got oh what did you say what is what are four sisters yeah 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 i'm gonna go for that just like the number four you're four sure. and ariel uh, hang on um uh G- gavin do you hang have on. a guess five <laughs> <laughs> She has what is what are six sisters? Oh. So close. So yeah, close. That was so close. That's pathetic. You're you're on the right track of the song, yeah. Just, you, yeah. you really were. I thought you were gonna get it. All right, for five hundred, these are the names of Cinderella's stepsisters. Drusilla? Who is Drusilla? That's one of and them. Who yes. Is Anastasia. 500. Yes. You got nice. it. Nice. Yeah. You got the important one. The characters we can do. It's in uh, Marvel Illness, isn't it? Those ones are in there. Yeah. Also, they gave the boys kisses in Crystal Palace and tried to marry them, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we them went to Walt Disney World when our kids were quite young. The, the, the eldest two were sort of one and a half and three. Three, or, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the sisters. They gave them, our boys gave them little party rings, didn't they? And, yeah, uh, they tried to marry them, and the and... mom, the mom said that, that that was fine. They were sworn off them. That's so cute. <laughs> All right, well, you guys did pretty good there. Well, you got um, the you got the 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 most points. The question, the most yes. points. So yeah, we are. We're the winners. We're the winners. <laughs> I love yes. it. Um. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Uh, Gavin and Sarah Jane. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? Uh, so I'm on. Uh... Uh, Twitter at Jones Fam Games. Um, I'm on. I'm all over the place. Um, I'm on Instagram at Keep Up with the Jones Family. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Is that what it's on Instagram? Sure. Keep Up with the Jones Family. Um, and then our blog is the same name. Okay, fantastic. You guys were so awesome. I really appreciated your insight and the stories that you had to tell. I will probably start calling glimmers, soggy glimmers when I play them (laughs) and uh, then probably terribly fell at trying to explain to people why I'm calling them soggy glimmers, but uh, I'll point them to this podcast. Stay strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, guys. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And yeah, keep up the good work. I love the podcast and and the memes and things as well. Brilliant. (laughs) Perfect. So if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe on the podcast of your choice. You can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? They can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal. And uh, when this drops, well, I'll probably be at Comic-Con. Uh, so follow me over there for the SD Concast uh, and the SDCC blog. And uh, I think that's about it. So uh, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 